Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. This week we'll look at why you do not need to be worried about the market ever. Then I'll get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on the Australian stock market, where it's heading along with answering all of your questions and looking at stocks for you. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. As you subscribe, click that bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune into our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. Now, this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your questions. Over the past month, I've seen investors go through a myriad of emotions from disbelief to fear and then greed. Right now, investors are looking for certainty in an uncertain market, with many asking whether the market has bottomed. Is this stock cheap and can I buy it now? The more concerning question I'm getting right now is from those who own stocks and are losing money, wanting to buy more because they believe the stock is cheap, given it's fallen heavily. It's one thing to attempt to bottom pick stocks that have fallen heavily, but it's another thing altogether to increase your risk by buying more of the same stock that you're already losing money on. But individual investors are not to be blamed for following the concept of dollar cost averaging, given that it dominates the financial services industry investing mantra, despite it not delivering the results it claims. Dollar cost averaging involves placing funds into an investment at regular intervals over a period of time, regardless of whether the market is moving up or down. But this practice can significantly impact the performance of portfolios and not necessarily in a positive way. According to industry experts, dollar cost averaging reduces the risk of investing in volatile markets, Yet right now, we are in a very volatile market and people are losing money. The issue I have with this concept is that the industry promotes this practice stating that it helps to avoid the so-called pitfalls associated with timing your entry into the market. But I would argue otherwise because this strategy is very questionable when markets are falling heavily as you are subjecting your portfolio to a higher level of risk, which is exactly what you want to avoid in a volatile market. In my opinion, adding to an investment that is falling in value increases risk and should be avoided at all times. It is far better to wait for the dust to settle or buy an investment that is rising in value. 
So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, with another shortened week due to Easter, the market was a little subdued. Last week, information technology led the way up over 6%. Industrials was also up over 6%, whilst consumer staples was up over 5%. Now, after rising the prior two weeks, the energy sector fell away to be the worst sector for the last week, and it was down 2%. This was followed by financials barely up, rising just 0.2% and communication services which was up around 1%. Looking at the ASX top 100 stocks, we see Adelaide Brighton was the best performer, up over 13% and this was followed by A2 Milk up over 12% and surprisingly AMP was next up over 11%. I say surprisingly as AMP has fallen over 80% in the past five years and every time it's tried to rise in that time it's failed so don't get too excited about that one now the worst performers so far last week include whitehaven cold down over 10 percent flight center was down nine percent and coca-cola well that was down eight percent last week so what do i expect in the market moving forward well let's get into the chance of our s p 500 all ordinaries index update for this week we'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me well, last week the market continued to trade up and a lot of people asking me, hey, can Dale, can you confirm the bottom, or the bottom on the 23rd of March is actually the bottom and is the market now bullish, medium, long-term, short-term? I'm getting lots of questions around that and, and it is interesting during these times that people do ask me about that sort of stuff, wanting that confirmation and that's really why I sort of said at the start here, you don't really need to be worried about the market, it's about having rules and then you don't need to understand where something where something is at the bottom or whether it's at the top. Is If you've got rules around buying and selling and managing your portfolio then I don't care whether the market's going up or down, I just got I have rules to manage that and so to me if the bottom's on the 23rd of February and that's the confirmed bottom and let's say we're in a medium term uptrend for now that's okay for me if it's not the bottom that's still okay for me because I have rules around that and that's why I said you don't really need to be worried about the market and I find a lot of people during these times of uncertainty their lack of knowledge and or dare I say ignorance of the market shines out like a lighthouse um, where they don't really know where they're going at where there's Understanding how the market works and just having some rules around that will make sure that you not only get good profits but you protect your capital. But you don't really need to ask questions like, has this stock stopped falling or has the market stopped falling? But let's go and have a look at the chart right now and see where the market is at. And, and I'll give you my thoughts on where I think it's going to go. So, looking at, as you can see here on the chart on the screen, that's a weekly chart of the All Ordinaries Index. And you can see that low there of 4429. That was the 23rd of um, March that we hit that low. And so so we've been rising up ever since. So we've had one, two, three weeks. But look at this big bar here. We can see the range here was of that bar was 523 points. The range of this bar is 357 points. And the range of this bar is 217 points. So less than 50% of the range of that first bar. So what we're seeing here is the market slowing its momentum. It took off pretty quickly. We had that second week where a lot of people were jumping in trying to bottom pick. Um, and then last week we saw a very smaller, a much smaller bar. It did close high. So we're seeing the close right up there and it's closed above that 5,521 points which I think is a good sign but it's not enough for me to say yes that low down there on that 23rd of March 
whether that low is the low. Now we do need the market to turn around and test that low. I did say a few weeks back that I thought the market would rise to one from one to four weeks. The longer it rose in time and price, the better um, it would be for me. For me to start getting excited, it would need to get through that five, eight, five, nine points. It'd need to do that this week and into next week. And if it did do that, then I might start changing my opinion. But I half suspect our market will fold over in the next, either this week or into the next week and start folding over and then coming back to test that low of the 23rd of March. It's a probability, it's not a guarantee. And I know a lot of people, like I say in my report, people are wanting guarantees right now. And people are saying to me, well, you, you got that sort of wrong, Dale. Well, you know, is, are you going to be right moving forward? In the market, you can never be 100% accurate. It's only about prob probabilities. And that's what I keep saying to people. And you need to look at the probabilities. If something is seven times out of 10 going to happen, then three times out of 10, it's not gonna happen. And so, and that's why I keep saying to people, you need to have a plan, you need to have a strategy. Why are you buying, why are you selling, how are you managing it? What are your rules around buying? What are your rules around selling? What are your rules around your money management and your risk? And 99% of people, investors, don't really have any, any rules or any solid rules. And a lot of people delusionally think they actually have some when, when I start asking them questions, I find out they've got no real rules at all. But yeah, knowledge empowers you. And that's really what I'd suggest you do. Read my book, Accelerate Your Wealth. You'll have those rules around buying, selling, managing, position sizing, portfolio construction. And people that have read that book really are sending me lots of emails now. They're saying, thank you very much. You've helped me a hell of a lot to understand and why I shouldn't be worried about the market right now. Where I think it's gonna go, as I said, um, it could go up this week, but I'm betting right now the probability, the more it rises, the more the probability is it's going to fall away to test that low. And I think um, we might be sitting here next week saying, hey, the market's gone down for the week. But let's get into uh, your questions for this week. And uh, we've got a few ripper questions this week. So let's get into those right now. Now, the first question we have today is from Lincoln, who says, Hi, Dale, just started looking at investing and was thinking about SHLX or Shell Midstream Partners. And that's an interesting choice if you just started looking at investing, mate. Um, it's gone down 46.52% in the yearly performance and is paying a 15.81% dividend yield. What do you think about this stock? The 15.81% the dividend yield is simply because it's fallen so heavily. If you, if you go back to a period before it fell 46%, the dividend yield was more like about 6 or 7%. Dividend yield rises as the stock falls away. And whilst it sounds attractive to have, it's not. There's a reason that stock's fallen a lot more than what the actual market fell. Remember the market fell about 37 or 38%, and this has fallen 46%. Um, my guess is that uh, the dividend yield, it won't be sustainable like we're talking about with the banks. Uh, I don't think that some of those high dividend yields are sustainable. If companies aren't making the money that they were making last year, they, they will reduce their dividend yields. But it looks attractive at the moment. I mean, where do you get 15.81% dividend yield? Um, but if you lose money, let's for example, saying you own that stock prior to the fall, that 46% fall, you've lost 46% to get seven or eight percent. That's not smart investing. But let's go and have a look at the chart. I would suggest uh, you'd actually stick with the top stocks on the marketplace. If you're just beginning, really do look at the top stocks on the marketplace. Don't look at stocks like this. But here is Shell Midstream Partners, and you can see the whole history of this stock. And obviously it's all-time highs back in June 2015. Now if I put my little tool on this one, I if I can find my little tool, um, and it's not there, where is it? Let me get to this one. And 
you'll see exactly what I mean. If you see this, it's fallen down to that low. There's 88.55% it's fallen from that high, high back in 2015. Five years falling away. Now, you're saying it's fallen 15, 50, 46% more recently. That would have been from that high there. From that high here, it fell down 74%. Um, to that low there was 56% so from that it's now 49% um, so that's fairly heavy falls none of this is telling me that this stock is looking bullish if you go and study I'm assuming because it's Shell Midstream Partners it's got something to do with the oil industry I've never studied it don't know um, but looking at oil at the moment oil is looking terrible um, so if it's got anything to do with oil production or oil product it is it, it's not got a lot of hope of doing very very well at this point in time because i've looked at all the oil um, charts you know looking at light sweet crude i've looked at west texas crude i've looked at heating oil futures they're they are looking pretty ordinary at this point in time so i don't expect oil to rise up anytime soon and if you know looking at this chart it doesn't really tell me that this stock is looking bullish at all or even a chance of looking bullish at the moment even last week's bar looking it's showing me a little bit of signs of weakness there so stay out i'd be looking at top 50 stocks minimum and that's what I'd be I wouldn't be going outside of that this is not one a top 50 stock so just um, if you do really understand or need to understand what to do just buy my book 30 bucks it'll save you a lot of money it'll help you out and give you a lot more confidence in knowing what to do um, the next question we've got from Mr Corona who says hey Dale do you how do you interpret negative balance sheet? Um, weird that I saw some companies having negative balance sheets for a few years already and no one is speaking up about the risk of bankruptcy. Um, am I getting something wrong? Um, look, I don't look at balance sheets at all and, and it's probably strange and a lot of the fundamental people out there are going, Dale, how do you make the market or how do you analyze the market? when you don't use the big you don't look at those balance sheets and the fundamentals of it we use fundamentals and i do do that but i'm really really sparse on my fundamentals like fundamentals how do i say it if you're looking at long-term investing like three to five years plus fundamentals are far more important than if you're looking at anything under that sort of two years uh, fundamentals become the closer or the shorter the time you want to hold the less the fundamentals are available to you as a trader. Like if I was day trading, fundamentals are pretty much irrelevant to me. Um, but trading medium term, they are of interest to me. And there's a few metrics that we actually use, like PE ratios, dividend yields, EPSs, look at debt to equity ratios. But we don't look at the balance sheets. And just looking at companies, their balance sheets can be negative for, for years and years. I mean, look at um, Uber. Uber's had a negative balance sheet for so long. There are lots of other companies that have had negative balance sheets for a long, long, long time. They just go out and raise more money um, because they're building their business and everything else. So. Uh, and that's why negative balance sheets don't tend to, um, I suppose, they don't get my, my attention too much. That said, I don't generally buy companies that have negative earnings either. So that would tell me the same thing. But even looking at Uber, and when you look at that, it's, it's got three divisions, two of them making money. Obviously, the ride-sharing part of it's not making money, but they were expecting that to come um, into profitability, and then their balance sheet will turn around. But that's probably the highest profile one that I can think of. But there are many companies that are rising on negative balance sheets. It's just the perception of what might happen into the future. That's really what it's about. So um, the next question we've got is from Christian who says, hi guys, I'd like to thank you for your efforts in putting together such professional informative content. It's provided me with some great insights. Thank you. Um, could you please have a look at Woodside Petroleum? I purchased at $18 and I'm looking to keep this stock for this for the medium term 
Um, so let's have, we'll have a look at that. Um, I've also researched that Woodside is producing the first offshore development in Senegal. Um, that's in West Africa. I work at the Sangama Field Development commenced in early 2020 with first oil production is targeted in 2023. Um, that's irrelevant to me, really is, it, uh, at, the, at the moment. He says, thanks for your, uh, your analysis. Looking at oil, as I said a little bit earlier, oil is not going to go anywhere. And so them looking at another, um, they're obviously doing production in 2023. That's speculation in my book. It could take them to 2025 or 2027. uh, Unless it's happening now, I treat that as speculation. And and that's where a lot of people jump in really early on some stocks thinking, hey, they're drilling now, they expect to do this. But um, that's where a lot of mining companies can be a lot more hit and miss. But let's go and have a look at uh, Woodside for you. Again, I've already made my comments on oil, so I'm not expecting Woodside to be very good. Here's Woodside. Look at it. It's just looking terrible at this point in time. You're looking, seeing how it's, how far it's fallen. It's been falling generally since May 2008. So get that into your portfolio and see how that works over the medium to longer term. You'd be just collecting dividends while you're losing a shed load of money. And, and I really do mean a shed load of money on Woodside. I'm not saying it's not a it's it's a bad stock. I'm just saying this is a trader's stock. So unless you understand what you're doing, you'll struggle with that. That's down 78% to that low, and from that high now down to the current close around 68%. Looking at it on a daily, oh, sorry, a weekly basis, we can see it's risen up a little bit with the market, but this is a little bit more bearish. This last bar. So again, I'd stay out of Woodside. I'd be staying out of anything to do with oil, uh, that oil industry, because energy you're going to have to look I mean I talked about energy a little bit earlier in the report it's the worst hit sector this year so that doesn't necessarily make it a good bargain just because everything's fallen so heavily eventually it'll stop falling and eventually find support and eventually some of these stocks will do all right but there are other stocks that you could be buying that will do better than this stock and it'll be a bit safer so um, but thank you for the question and thanks for the support on our channel now next question we got from Courtney who says thanks for the updates investing from New Zealand fantastic thanks Courtney um, I love going to New Zealand I wish I could go over there now but uh, it's a nice place to visit but uh, she's going have you got thoughts on Atomos which is called uh, stock ticket code AMS and um, Zip or Z1P I'm not going to look at Zip I've looked at that so many times over the last few months I'm sick of looking at it so but I will look at Atmos uh, AMS right now so um, but you don't tell me whether you're buying it or you own it or you're not looking to own it uh, that sort of stuff but right now um, like I was saying to these other people it's you know if the person who bought Woodside at $18 would be a little bit stressed right now because I don't think it's a good buy, but I'm not telling them to sell. But looking at um, Atomos, let's bring it up on the screen. Z1P's done done reasonably well. Um, Atomos, I don't like this one either. It's just, it, it's probably straight out. It's not a a hasn't been around very long. It's a little bit harder to look at. Looking at it from here, it's not really. If you see what it's done the last week, where the All Lords made a new high. Um, this week's bar on or last week's bar on Atomos was lower than the previous week. It shows it doesn't have the same strength as the actual market itself. Let's go down onto a daily chart just quickly and have a little bit of a look at it. Looking at this stock, we're seeing you know half a million shares traded. It's it's a low liquid stock, half a million shares traded. So four five hundred thousand dollars will move is the whole day 
basically. So pretty much anybody can move this stock, uh, well not anybody, but there's 600,000 at around 60 cents. So three to $400,000 of daily volume in terms of, so that's not a lot when you're talking about in the big scheme of things. I'd be looking at, you need to be looking at two, three, four, five million dollars minimum um, for any stock that you're looking at. But right now, I don't think this one is a smart buy. Um, I think it's, um, it, I'm not saying it can't go up, but right now it looks like it's more bearish to me. But thanks for the support from New Zealand. Let me know where you are in, uh, in New Zealand because I've traveled a lot of uh, New Zealand and we do have a lot of New Zealanders, um, uh, Kiwis on the channel and asking questions. So stay safe over there. You're doing a great job um, with this COVID-19. I think your prime minister's doing a much better job than Donald Trump is, that's for sure. The next question we've got is from, I think you say your name as Yoren, um, and he says, Hi Dale, I'm from Brisbane. Welcome Yoren. Awesome content as always. Thanks buddy. Um, I'm holding most of the top 10 companies on the ASX and I've just received some sweet dividends. Now that's good. I'm glad you're, you know, you're looking at the top 10 companies and you're holding those. Uh, my question is, do you think I should hold the dividends in cash and wait for a buying opportunity or have them get into a reinvestment plan and forget about it? It sounds to me from what you've said is that you're more of a buy and hold person because you've got the 10 stocks. Um, you're looking at dividend re reinvesting plan. Um, I don't do dividend reinvesting plans at all. Janine doesn't do them at all. Part of the reason is, is because when you do dividend reinvesting plans, you can all, all sorts of things can happen. It depends on if you're buying hold, um, what happens is you slowly get more and more and more and more stocks at multiple different pricing. So when you do eventually go to sell them, you have a capital gains tax nightmare um, or a tax nightmare be simply because you've got multiple different position sizing. So it makes you, it make, pretty much makes your paperwork a lot more of a nightmare. So you need to keep everything and record every single share at what price you paid for it. I've always been better. Let's get the cash and then put it into the bank account. And then when another opportunity comes up and uh, we, we invest in that, that's more of our philosophy. That way you manage the position from start to finish. Um, if you're more of a trader, then definitely I'd be saying don't do dividend reinvesting. I'd just be buying the shares and selling them out and putting the money in the bank. And I'll tell you a bit of a story. I used to I trade News Corp all of the time and News Corp never paid much of a dividend. I used to make a lot of money out of News Corp trading it all the time. And for, for I think for five years, I had one share in News Corp because I'd buy News Corp, trade it for three to six months or nine months, sell it. It'd pay a dividend after that sometime around that. Um, and sometimes it was just cash sitting in the bank, like a few dollars. Um, other times it would say, I'd get a statement saying, hey, you've got one share in News Corp on a dividend reinvesting plan. That's part of the reason why I don't do it anymore. So I have this one share for a year or two, a year or six months until I bought it again. So I think for five years, I constantly had one share um, in News Corp, which just made it a very, very annoying. Um, I'd rather just sell out go into another company and that's what I'd do. But thank you for, for your questions and I really do appreciate that. And thanks for sending, for everybody sending in your questions and thanks for watching till the end of this video. But if you have a question that you'd like me to answer, please just stick them below. I will get to answer them. So please get your fingers on those keyboards and get typing questions. Um, remember that here on this channel, we do these market reports every single week. We also do a live stream every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. So see you on our live stream tomorrow night. Um, remember to hit the subscribe button now. Click the bell on the right of it so you know when we upload our latest videos. But for now, I'm Dale Gillum, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. 
This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.